Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. Sometimes U.S. politics is in such bad shape that it helps to get an outside perspective. This week we are speaking with John Pilger from South London. He is, of course, a journalist, filmmaker, and author. He is one of only two to have won British Journalism's highest award twice. For his documentary films, he has won an Emmy and a British Academy Award. His epic 1979 Cambodia Year Zero is ranked by the British Film Institute as one of the ten most important documentaries of the 20th century. His Death of a Nation, filmed secretly in East Timor, had a worldwide impact in 1994. His books include Heroes, Distant Voices, Hidden Agendas, The New Rulers of the World, and Freedom Next Time. He is a recipient of Australia's International Human Rights Award, the Sydney Peace Prize, for, quote, enabling the voices of the powerless to be heard and for fearless challenges to censorship in any form. You can find his articles, books, and even watch some of his films at johnpilger.com. John Pilger, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Thank you, David. Uh, It's wonderful to have you on. Uh, I was particularly struck by a couple of articles you've written uh, in recent weeks and months. Uh, One was about... Uh, a world war having already begun, and another about silencing America during its uh, electoral system. What, what do you mean by saying that a world war has begun? Well, I think a world. I think the attrition um, period has begun on two fronts, beckoning a world war, and the propaganda period has begun. That is the the drum beating that always precedes uh, the shooting, the bombing, and the violence. And that has happened, is happening, on two fronts. Uh, in uh, On Russia's western borders, uh, where the biggest military builder since the Second World War is well underway in the former Soviet and in Poland and Romania, Estonia, uh, Ukraine in particular, where NATO is uh, pressing hard on Russia's western border, the very gateway into Russia through which the Nazi army um, went uh, uh, during the Second War in Operation Barbarossa. Um, you only have to read the Russian press, and the Russian press is rarely reported in the West, and it sounds like they're already at war and already defending themselves against NATO. Um, the other front is in the Pacific, Asia-Pacific, where... President Obama announced in 2011 his so-called pivot to Asia, which is also the biggest military build-up, certainly the biggest naval and air build-up uh, in that region since the Second World War. Um, and the target there is China. Uh, the U.S. has up to 400 bases that effectively encircle China in a a big arc 
coming all the way up from Australia through uh, through Southeast Asia, Northern Asia, the Pacific, and across uh, to uh, Afghanistan in a, in a great ring around China. The U.S. Navy itself is 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 engaged just outside Chinese waters. These are this is a perspective, indeed, both are perspectives that are, uh, are seldom uh, reported, let alone understood, in the West and especially in the United States, and extraordinarily so in this election year. It's, it's a very strange sort of propaganda for war because uh, I think uh, people in the United States would say there's no danger of war, nobody's talking war, we haven't heard about any wars, uh, and there's sort of unawareness of this military buildup and, and the perspectives of the Russians and the Chinese. Uh, the, only, the only element that seems to really be there in the U.S. media is the demonization of Vladimir Putin uh, and uh, the, the sort of reversal, the allegations of Russian aggressions, but uh, I don't think most Americans have any idea that it's that it's a risk of war, much less nuclear war? Well, uh, David, since I've been reporting from and being in the United States, uh, there's a kind of, how shall I describe it, a kind of incorporated willful ignorance that runs especially through uh, the... <clears throat> megaphones of uh, of the established order, uh, which on paper is constitutionally the freest press in the world, but in fact is is one of the more restricted. Not that it doesn't give us a great landscape of news, but that landscape is always restricted, and. So it's not surprising to me, but it's getting to an extremely dangerous stage. You're quite right. Uh, we have the usual pantomime villain. The last one, the latest, sorry, latest one is is Vladimir Putin. Um, the absurdity of um, of of uh, of the attacks on Putin have reached a Actually, they've reached a level I haven't quite known for quite a long time, I must admit. Uh, when you have um, the leading liberal light in the New York Times, Paul Krugman, writing a ridiculous column that calls uh, Donald Trump the uh, Siberian candidate because he's allegedly in cahoots with Putin. Um, it seems the entire class, especially the liberal class, um, has um, mislaid their, their sense of humor. <laughs> uh, uh, Trump, Trump in, a, in a very sarcastic remark, suggested that, um, uh, you know, that Putin might um, be um, responsible for, or might like to be responsible for the source of the missing 3,000 emails famous missing 30,000 30, I think it is yeah and they all took it seriously um, uh, in, a, in a kind of pathetic uh, sort of 
provoking of the McCarthy uh, period. Uh, and uh, now uh, Donald Trump's demonology is now linked to Vladimir Putin's demonology. They love their demons. Indeed. It's a wonderful way of distracting from finding out anything uh, to telling people what's really going on, to analyzing uh, events and developments. And uh, I know this election year, and it's a freak show in many ways, but uh, it's an important freak show. Um, And this uh, demonizing of Putin, especially, is so dangerous. I mean, Putin himself... Uh, is has done everything he can to be what he keeps calling, and I don't know why he keeps using the word, a partner of the United States. There are other elements in Russia don't especially want to be a partner of this country that keeps threatening Russia. They're rather more nationalist. Uh, and but the U.S. continues to undermine... Uh, the Russian leader who actually wants to be their friend um, and offers no threat whatsoever to uh, uh, Europe or certainly the United States. So it's a kind of... It reminds me of those those, uh, newsreels during the 1950s when all the school kids used to leap onto their school desks. Yeah. They were being trained about a atomic attack coming and the bad Russians were on their way. It's all that different, really. I, I think it's uh, it reached a point now, John Pilger, where Trump has displaced Vladimir Putin as the top enemy of liberals. And and not just liberals, I can tell you, but peace activists who will tell you that if Trump likes Putin, Putin is evil. If Trump wants to get rid of NATO, we need NATO. If Trump (laughs) says overthrowing governments is is no good anymore, we need to overthrow more governments. If if Trump says the Iraq war was a mistake, the Iraq war is now heroic. And and, and what I want to know from you is how people outside the United States see this. Do they see Trump as the bigger outrage, the bigger evil fascist uh, fear, or Hillary Clinton? Do they do they have they seen through a Barack Obama after uh, seven and a half years or, or not? You know what what is the perspective? Well, you would hope they would, uh, but uh, and it's very difficult to answer that question because. Um, Everything outside the United States, as in as within the United States, is filtered through um, the, the, a media that really echoes much of the willful ignorance uh, I was talking about earlier. Uh, there's no doubt that uh, you know tr- Trump makes himself into a demon. His his statements and abusive ways are just grotesque. Um, I mean, I sort of would look on him, I suppose, as just yet another Republican um, running for the U.S. president, but he's gone a bit beyond that. And 
it, it, uh, the uh, uh, I suppose the um, there's almost a cult of Trump now around the world, sort of fundamentalism of Trump. So, um, you know, I was with a group of people recently, and reasonably informed, and talking politics, and pop Trump, and I said, well, you know, I, I don't think Trump is, from our point of view, outside the United States. If if we have to, if if we have to say, I answer the question, who is the most dangerous to us? Um, I'm not sure that we could say Trump. I think Hillary Clinton has record is far more dangerous to us. And you have to add that doesn't mean to say I support this dreadful man. <laughs> if I was an American, I wouldn't vote for him. I wouldn't vote probably. But um, you know, for those of us who don't have a vote in the United States, in having this discussion. Uh, Trump certainly is the demon, and my saying that Clinton was the most dangerous took them by surprise. So the answer to your question is, there is a version of that kind of one-dimensional thinking outside the U.S., certainly over here. Yeah. yeah. When when it became very clear and the, the leaked emails uh, through WikiLeaks helped with this, but it was clear for many months that the primary process between Clinton and Bernie Sanders was rigged and corrupt and unfair so that there was no way you could say that Hillary Clinton actually won. Uh, it, it occurred to me th what the U.S. media would have made of that had it happened in any other country. Uh, do, do people... Do, well, yes, they would have, of course. They would have... Uh, the, the, the double standard, the double standard is is like, on, uh, frankly, on the national seal. It says double standard. <laughs> you know... Uh, when that's on the bottom part, on the top part, it says hypocrisy, uh, because it doesn't apply to the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, and and of course, if it was some in another country, the 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 New York Times would be trumpeting the iniquities of that system, that country. Um, you know. When, I think Donald Trump has alluded to the fact they might try and rig the thing against him. I think there's not a bad chance of that. George W. Bush got through two elections, but not. Uh, certainly the first one, uh, in 2000. Um, and, I mean, the point about Trump is that he, apart from all his odious uh, attacks on on people uh, uh, is is that he has terrified the established order in the United States. They've never known anything like this for a very long time. I was thinking back the other day and thinking, you know, when John Kennedy ran, um, that, that, that great Kennedy entity and it was there. They were then Roman Catholics, which of course excited all the bigots. But the the the, the Kennedy power um, also threatened 
it seemed at that time, also threatened the established order in the United States. Of course, it didn't really threaten us. Um, it would chime in with it very quickly. But it appeared to threaten us. There's something similar, although the people are very, the two candidates are very different, but there's something similar here. Trump, from the Republican side, from the so-called right, although they're all right, but from that part of the right, uh, he, he's threatening the established order. And he's what has really terrified them, which is interesting, and I mentioned Paul Krugman's column, and there have been many, many others uh, associating Trump with uh, almost a kind of anti-Americanism of saying he's pro-Putin, pro-Russia. Well, Trump has made a number of remarks that have suggested, only suggested, that he doesn't want uh, NATO to do what it is now doing. He doesn't want to have a war with Russia, and he doesn't want to have a war with China. I don't know whether we can believe him at all, but he the fact that he's even intimated that uh, has has created this hysteria uh, so so uh, insecure apparently is other the forces that control the United States and much of the world that they see uh, Trump as a, a possible Trojan horse. Uh, and he has said some interesting things. So you, you listen to Stephen F. Kahn, professor at Cornell, New York University, his Russian expert. Yes, Stephen indeed. Has analysed a lot of what Trump has said about Russia, uh, and 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 drawn some very interesting conclusions from it. Again, we don't know whether to believe him or not, but those messages. Uh, have, uh, have 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 been taken very badly by uh, those who run the country um, in the media, the, all the usual suspects, from New York Times, Washington Post, and all the rest of them. Um, so, therefore, the two have to be put together, demonised as a criminal pair, and and discredited. Well, I... the strange things are happening. Um, and, you know, it looks like, because Hillary Clinton's got such a, an appalling record, and much of it is on the record, um, it, it looks like the, it may all come to the wire, unless they can, unless they can work the Electoral College to <clears throat> ensure that she wins, or a few other things. Um, it, it may well come down to the wire. It's very interesting. Well, can I tell you, my fear is that while Kennedy may have been a threat initially to some in the establishment, he became more and more of a threat every day he was in office to the point where they may very well have murdered him. Whereas Trump is a danger and a fear to the establishment now, but if he gets into office, uh, someone who has talked about handing out nukes to other countries and let's start killing their families as if 
the United States policy for centuries hasn't been killing families. And, yeah. and, and as soon as there's an incident, as soon as, you know, he, he, in his acceptance speech, he talked about war with Iran to get back at Iran for humiliating U.S. soldiers by making them get on their knees when they sailed their ship into Iranian waters. As soon as there's an incident, as soon as a, a plane goes down and Russia's blamed, that's it. It's all over. You know, I, I mean, isn't he going to understand that using the military gets him more attention than not using it? Isn't he going to make as many wars as Hillary Clinton? I, I don't know the answer to that, David. I think my feeling is that it's the two sides of the same coin. Indeed. You know? But it, 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 the point is that, that Clinton, though, represents uh, she's got a record. I mean, ironically, um, the uh, the liberal media talk uh, ceaselessly about her, her her record. Obama yesterday, in his unctuous endorsement of uh, uh, Clinton, talked about um, uh, well, not only endorsement of Clinton, but his attack on Trump. And the, again, the theme was that Clinton is experienced. She knows what it's all about. Well, she sure is. They're absolutely right. And that that record of Clinton, uh, particularly her, her time as U.S. Secretary of State, and also her time as so-called First Lady or Deputy President, whatever she was, um, during the uh, husband's administration. Bill Bill Clinton's Dick Cheney, yeah. Yeah, well, something like that. And she represents, uh, I can't think of another politician uh, whose record so clearly represents the straight line of certainly of U.S. foreign policy and in many ways of U.S. domestic policy. Um. Whereas Trump, who knows? Um, in, I suppose that that in itself is is very worrying. But but we know what Clinton will do. Um, uh, I mean that that excellent journalist Gareth Porter, uh, who's done some some of the really superb investigative pieces. You only read them on the internet, of course, on uh, on Iran and. Uh, 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 and he works from Washington, of course. I mean, he described the other day um, Clinton's um, uh, national security people that are already talking about attacking countries and how unusual this was and how early this was. They usually wait wait for a while. They might do it in between the, the period of being elected and actually taking office. Um, as Obama did with uh, uh, in the first attack on Gaza, but they're talking about they're already talking about how rapacious their the Clinton foreign policy would be. Um, Indeed, and, on Syria, you, you know, we have this this very dangerous situation now with the U.S. and China. It's 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 not at the point that the situation with the U.S. and Russia is, but it's rapidly approaching that. We have that largely because Hillary Clinton, as U.S. Secretary of State, 
in 2010 intervened when the Aquino government in the Philippines was sitting down to bilateral talks with China and bribed them effectively to take it to the international tribunal uh, rather than uh, re resolve this 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 uh, important regional dispute between the players themselves. Um, and because, as she said then, famously, uh, the Spratly Islands, the South China Sea, uh, is now a U.S. interest. Well, it was, always was a U.S. interest. But yeah. she, she, she upped the ante quite unnecessarily. Whether that would have been resolved, uh, I don't know, but it probably would be between China, the Philippines, ASEAN, all these countries are quite eager to resolve as much as they can regional disputes. Um, she intervened, um, and you only have to read the speech she made in San Diego a few weeks ago. Um, a lot of it was attacking Trump, but it was all about military. And, and here's Obama um, and Clinton at her nomination, then Obama um, sort of um, follows it up with, with an attack on Libya, a country that he, and especially Hillary Clinton, effectively destroyed. An attack on the very city, Surtey, which was flattened by by uh, NATO aircraft with Hillary Clinton uh, back in Washington cheering them on and orchestrating much of it. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, her record, her record is known. It's not a very good choice. It's a terrible, hideous choice. But I, uh, the using the, my point is that using Trump as a demon in order to distract from the danger of Hillary Clinton is something that people should wake up to. <laughs> they should, indeed. We've got about two minutes left. John Pilger, I, 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 of course, am going to vote for and support my friend Jill Stein and, mm -hmm. uh, and the building of a more educated and principled and powerful peace movement to counter whoever gets into power. Um, what, do you, what do you make of your home country of... Australia's role in U.S. war madness—it seems to have become one of the uh, one of the partners, indeed, in uh, in its own prison and torture scandals and racism and U.S. troops on the ground and participation yeah. in every war. It, it, well, it's always had those, David. People often take much notice. Uh, I wouldn't say partner. Uh, Australia is a, is a, is a, is literally. And I, I don't even say this in a pejorative sense. It's the fifty-first state. The Australian political system and its military is integrated with the United States. Um, uh, uh, if you go to the Australian National War Memorial, uh, the uh, the great majority of the wars in which a disproportionate number of Australians were killed. The colonial wars, first following Britain, and then following slavishly the United States. Um, famously, Prime Minister Menzies 
uh, wrote a letter virtually pleading to be allowed to send Australian troops to support the U.S. in Vietnam, and so on and so on. Well, there is... So there... It's, it's, I suppose if, if vassal state applies to any, it certainly uh, applies to Australia. Australia, though, does have a problem because its biggest trading partner is China. Well, we, we're going to have to take that up on the next program. I, I wish we could go on for hours, but uh, we are now better educated than we were. John Pilger, thank you for everything you're doing and for coming on Talk Nation Radio. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.